I trust that you are continuing to pray for revival in your life and in the life of this church. And in that spirit, we are continuing this morning our study of the life and the times of God's Old Testament prophet Elijah, a man God used in a powerful way to bring revival and renewal to God's Old Testament people. Elijah's name means Jehovah is my God. His ministry took place during the reign of King Ahab, one of the wickedest kings to ever sit on the throne of the nation of Israel. In fact, Ahab and his wife Jezebel had led Israel uh, away from the worship of God into the worship of Baal. And if you were here last time, we looked at 1 Kings 16.33, which tells us that Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all of the kings of Israel before him. So it was a bad time in the nation. And it was into that kind of situation that God sent his man Elijah. And God used Elijah in a powerful way to confront the evil of that day and to bring God's people back to God. Now, I'm excited when I hear something like that because what we're seeing in the life of Elijah is what God is longing to see in our day as well. See, if God can just find one person who will be faithful to Him, if God can just find one person who will say, yes, Lord, I will do what you've called me to do. I will live the kind of life you have called me to live. If God can just find that one person, he can change a lot of things. If he can just find that one teenage girl who will take a stand in her class against all others for sexual purity, if God can just find one business leader who will take a stand for integrity in a business that is lacking integrity, if God can just find one person in a church who will say, you know, I'm not going to be part of that negativity. I'm not going to be part of that criticism. If God can just find one person in that school, in that workplace, in that neighborhood, in that family, who will stand up for what is right, who will stand up for what is true, who will set a godly example, God can use that one person to make a big difference and completely change a culture. And guess what? That one person can be you. That one person can be me. That's what God did with Elijah. But the reason why God was able to use Elijah in such a powerful way was because there was something that reigned absolutely supreme in Elijah's life. 
And that was absolute and unconditional obedience to God, unquestioning obedience to God. And that is why, as we saw last week, Elijah was able to walk into the palace of King Ahab and deliver a 27-word sermon, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And again, if you were here last week, you remember that we said Elijah was able to walk into the palace of King Ahab. He was able to deliver that message because, if you remember, he gave absolute, unquestioned obedience to God, and he had laid the foundations in his life to be able to do that. Now, these are the foundations that you must have, and they're the foundations that I must have if we're going to be able to step out in obedience to God in the way that Elijah did. Let me review them with you. They're there in your message guide. The foundations for obedience, number one, you have to have a dynamic, personal relationship with God. Number two, you have to have a deep and personal knowledge of the Word of God. Number three, you have to have a commitment to the practice of prayer. You see, I believe there are a lot of Christians around who really do want to obey God. They want God to take them and they want God to use them. But many of us cannot be the obedient Christians God has called us to be because we simply do not have these three basic spiritual foundations undergirding our lives. So if you don't have those things, if your walk with God is not dynamic and living, if your knowledge of the Word of God doesn't go beyond Sunday mornings, and if you're not committed to the absolute practice of prayer, then you're wasting your time hoping that God will ever be able to take your life and use it because these foundations are critical. And a lot of us can't be greatly used of God because we don't have them. But there's another reason why some Christians won't obey God, and it's not because they don't have these foundations. A second reason why many Christians cannot obey God is because they're afraid to. They're just simply afraid to. They're just plain scared of where obedience to God might take them. They say, you know, if if I get this serious about obeying God, you know, preacher, I might end up in a mud hut in Africa. Or I might have to change my job. Or if I get really serious about doing what God is calling me to do, I might have to make some radical changes in my life. I might have to give up some things. My friends might not understand. My family might not understand. My boss might not understand if I really start obeying God. So a lot of Christians don't give God the unconditional obedience he asked them for because they're afraid of what they might lose. And that is why this morning we're going to look in our time together at the benefits of obedience. Now I want you to listen to me carefully this morning. Very carefully. 
And I know that many of us here are senior saints, okay? We've been around a while. But I want to tell you something. Obeying God may very well mean you go live in a mud hut in Africa. It may very well mean that you have to radically reorient some of your life's priorities. It may mean you have to endure some misunderstanding from friends and family. But I want you to know this morning on the authority of God's Word, if you will step out in obedience and will do that thing God is calling you to do, if you will begin living the kind of life God is calling you to live, He will give you back far more than you might ever lose. He will send down more blessing than you could ever work up by trying to live your life in disobedience to His will. Elijah's experience teaches us that. So I want us to look together this morning at how God brought blessing and benefit to Elijah's life when he stepped out in obedience to God. So let's look at the benefits of obedience. And here is benefit number one. Benefit number one is this. And before I say that, let me just, let me reference a verse that I've listed for you there in Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. Do you see what Jesus said? <laughs> Jesus said, how happy are those who hear the word of God and what? Y'all afraid of that word? <laughs> Obey it. Do it. Man, we, we get so scared. We get so worked up. We get so frightened. We feel like we're going to lose this. We're going to lose that. We're going to miss out on something. We're going to have to give up something. Jesus said, you want to know how to be happy? You want to know how to be full of joy? Start doing what God tells you to do. Start being the people God has called you to be. How happy are those who hear the word of God and obey it? Let's, let's find out why. Here are the benefits. Number one, benefit number one, revelation. And by that, I mean getting a word from God when I need it. Elijah obeyed God in verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 17 by going into the court of King Ahab and pronouncing God's judgment upon the king and upon the nation. He said, Ahab, heaven is closed, right? There's not going to be any more rain. That was verse 1, but look at verse 2. Then, that is after Elijah had been obedient and done what God had told him to do, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and God's going to give him some very specific instruction. Now, here's what we need to understand this morning. When you make a commitment to obey God, when you determine that you're going to live your life according to the principles and the precepts of His Word, when you determine you're going to do what He's telling you to do, He is not going to leave you hanging on a limb out there somewhere wondering what you're supposed to do next. He is going to reveal Himself to you. He's going to give you guidance. He's going to give you direction. 
so that you'll be able to do exactly what he's leading you to do. He's going to give you that word for your life when you need it, if you're following him in obedience. I hear a lot of Christians who are running around today and lamenting the fact that they haven't heard a word from God about their problems. They haven't heard a word from God about their difficulties. They haven't heard a word from God about their circumstances. They say, God, when are you going to give me a word? God, when are you going to show me the way? And God says, when are you going to show me some obedience? When are you going to start doing what I've shown you you need to do? Listen, it is obedience that brings God's revelation. It is obedience that brings God's word for your life and your circumstances. It is unconditional obedience to His will, not your will, not my will, that brings His instruction, His guidance, His direction. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of the first uh, verses that I ever learned growing up as a child, and it speaks to this very issue. The New Living Translation says it this way, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take, or he will direct your path. You see, God wants to give us his word. He wants to give us a revelation of himself. He wants to show us what we need to do, how to move. He wants to speak to us, but he can't because we haven't acknowledged him. We haven't sought his will. We haven't obeyed him in everything that we do. One of the primary benefits of obedience to God is his revelation. It is his voice. It is his word for your life, your circumstances, your future, when you need it. Revelation. God doesn't give his revelation apart from obedience. That's benefit number one. Benefit number two. Benefit number two is protection. Protection. Now, here we're talking about God's intervention in my circumstances. God's intervention in my circumstances. Look with me at verse 3. says, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and here's what it said. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. Now, why did Elijah need to hide? Well, he needed to hide for protection. You remember he, he hadn't exactly made a great first impression on King Ahab when he burst into the palace and said, King, heaven is closed. We're cutting the water off and it's not going to come on again until I say so. Now, I don't know, but I can just imagine when Ahab first heard that, he sort of blew Elijah off, right? I mean, this guy's some kind of nut coming in here talking about closing up heaven. I mean, nobody can close up heaven. But when heaven got closed up, Ahab was going to be hunting old Elijah, right? 
And he had the means to hurt him if necessary in order to get him, try to get him to take back his word about stopping the rain. So Elijah was going to need some divine protection. And God had just the place where his man could go, find shelter, and be safe from Ahab and his threats. Now, church, there is a great lesson here this morning for you and for me. And that is this, when you obey God, God's going to take care of you. If you will just obey God, He's going to take care of you. That's what the Word of God says. But here's what we think. You know, preacher, if I obey God and do this thing He's asking me to do, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble with my boss. I'm going, to, I'm going to get in trouble with my friends. I'm going to get in trouble with my family. I mean, this is going to get me in trouble with my finances. It's going to get me in trouble with my social life. It's going to get me in trouble with my plans for the future. And we worry about the trouble we might get into from obeying God. Elijah didn't worry about that. He walked right into the palace of King Ahab, who had the power to cut his head off. And he said, Ahab, this is what God has to say about you and your kingdom. How could he do that? He could do it because he had learned a lesson that you and I desperately need to learn as well. And that is that any trouble you might get into from obeying God... (laughs) That is nothing compared to the trouble you're going to get into from not obeying God. Do you believe that? I mean, in a crowd this size, I bet I could ask for some testimonies. And if there were some honest folks in here this morning, probably more than a few of us would be able to stand and say, Preacher, I I want you to know I did it my way and I've regretted it ever since. I tried my pathway, and it's brought nothing but misery to my life. I I, I just want to tell you something, church, in case you don't know it this morning, there is more misery, there is more heartache, there is more disappointment, there is more frustration on the road of departure from the will of God than you will ever find on the road of obedience. Because when you obey God, you have the promise of his protection. He's going to take care of you if you will just do what he's telling you to do. I want to show you a verse. It's written for you there. Psalm 81, verses 13 through 14. God speaking. If my people would only listen to me. If they would only follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes? What are your enemies this morning? I want you to think about that. Seriously, what are your enemies? What circumstances, what problems... What anxieties, what decisions are lined up in battle against you this morning? 
I mean, when you lie down at night to try to go to sleep, what are those things that keep running through your head that you don't have any idea how you're going to deal with? How you're going to live with? What are your enemies? God's Word says He will subdue your enemies if you will listen to Him and you will do what you know He has called you to do. Now, does that mean bad things will never happen to you or that you won't ever have any struggles or any issues? Of course not. Elijah had to hide. The king was after him. But God took care of him. He protected him. Please don't miss this. It is only the obedient Christian who has the promise of God's protection. His divine intervention in your circumstances. So if you want His hand of protection upon your life and your future, you've got to make the commitment to absolute obedience, whatever it is God is calling you to do. And if you will... You have his assurance that he's going to protect you and watch over you and subdue your enemies and intervene in your circumstances. So benefit number one, revelation. A word from God when I need it. Number two, protection. God's intervention in my circumstances. And number three, Provision. God will meet my needs. So not only do I get His Word for my life, not only do I get His intervention in my circumstances, but I get His promise that when I have a need in my life, I can count on Him to meet that need. So the Word of the Lord came to Elijah, that's Revelation. Leave here, turn east. Hide in the Kareth Ravine, that's protection. Now look at verse 4. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Do you see this? It doesn't matter if there's a drought and a famine everywhere else. It doesn't matter if you look around you and the resources just don't seem to be there. God will provide for His obedient child. God will meet the needs of those who are living obedient lives before Him, even if He has to do it in a way that you would never imagine Him doing it. I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Do you realize what most of us would have said if God came to us and told us, hey, don't worry, I've ordered the birds to feed you? We would have laughed and said, yes, you're right. I mean, who's ever heard of birds feeding people? Heard of people feeding birds? See them do it in the park all the time. But birds don't feed people. There's no way. But what did Elijah say? Look at verse 5. What did he say? He didn't say anything. It says, So Elijah did what the Lord had told him. 
He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. He obeyed God. He did what God told him to do. And what does verse 6 tell us? Well, God sent this heavenly catering service, right? The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Man, everywhere else the people's wells were drying up. Everywhere else people were starving because there was no rain, there was a famine. But God's obedient servant had bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and all the water he could drink. And I want to tell you, that's not a bad diet in a time of famine. Yeah, preacher, but that's Old Testament stuff. God doesn't do that kind of stuff today. No, no, no. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, look at it. Be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and what He requires of you. <laughs> That's another way of saying, will you just obey God? Will you just make obedience the passion of your life? If you do, He will provide you with all of these other things. God will provide for your needs when you put Him first. If obedience to God reigns supreme in your life, then Jesus says, you have His Word He's going to meet your needs. He's going to provide for you. Who said that it doesn't pay to follow God? You know who said that? Satan. It's his greatest lie that you'll somehow be happier in disobedience than you will be in obedience. That somehow it will go better for you if you do it your own way instead of doing it God's way. Now, there are going to be some tough times coming up for Elijah because obedience brings difficulty. It brings hardship. That's why I want you to see right up front that there are benefits to doing it God's way. There are blessings to obeying God. You get His revelation. You get His protection. You get His provision. And if you've got those things, my friend, there, there's not anything you're lacking in this life. But it all comes back to a commitment to absolute, unconditional obedience to God. Will you give Him that today? Will you say, Lord, whatever it is you're asking me to do, I'll do it. And for some of us, it might begin with filling out that card this morning for Love Taylor's Day. Where does God want to use you to make a difference in this community? Where does God want to use you to make a difference in this nation? Where does God want to use you to make a difference among 
the nations. Where in your life is God calling you to make a radical change? To start thinking differently than you've been thinking. To start acting differently than you've been acting. To start being what God has saved you and called you to be. I want you to bow your head with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. It is a clear one. It is a simple one, really. Far more simple than we often make it. You are asking today. You are looking today. You are calling today for some Elijah kind of people. People who aren't afraid to stand up and live obedient lives for you. God, I pray this morning that we have laid the foundations for that. That we truly have a personal dynamic walk with you. That we really have a personal and deep knowledge of your Word, and that we are committed as a people and individually to the practice of biblically-based prayer. And that, Lord, we, we won't be short-circuited. We, we won't be denied the opportunity to, to make a difference because we don't have those foundations laid. But then, Lord, beyond that, I pray this morning that you'd help us to see that it is only in obedience to you that we begin to fulfill our potential. It is only in obedience to you that we begin to experience the fullness of life that Jesus said he came to give. And Lord, if we're, if we're walking around and wandering around today thinking, God, I haven't heard a word from you in so long. I, I need a fresh revelation, God, of who you are what you want to do in my life. Lord, I pray we'll come back to this issue of obedience and we'll ask ourselves, are we doing what you've clearly called us to do? Lord, if we feel like our enemies are arrayed against us this morning, circumstances, situations, problems, decisions that we can't seem to figure out what they need to be, circumstances we can't quite seem to navigate. Help us to come back, Lord, and realize that obedience may be at the forefront of that issue. Lord, if we feel like our needs aren't being met, whatever that need might be, God, help us to understand that your provision is reserved for those who will say, yes, Lord. I will do what your word tells me to do. I will live the kind of life you have called me to live. That we might be those that you can use in our generation, even as you used Elijah in his. So Father, in these moments, if there are decisions that need to be made, perhaps for the first time, there's someone here who needs to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of life. Pray today would be the day they would make that decision in obedience to your call to come to Christ, seek his forgiveness, receive his gift of eternal life. Start out on that journey of obedient living 
pray today would be the day. If there's someone here who needs to unite with this church family, you're calling them to do that. I pray they'd be obedient to that call today. Lord, for those of us who are here, we've been around a while. Got a lot of years under our belts. Oh God, protect us from thinking that somehow the challenge of obedience is in our past. Help us to realize, Lord, there's something you're calling us to do even today that'll stretch us, that'll move us into areas we've never been in before. And Lord, may we just simply come saying, yes, Lord, here am I. Use me, send me, take me, and do whatever it is you want to do with me, Lord, for your honor and glory. Is the prayer that we pray this morning in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to join me in standing, if you would, please. We're going to, we're going to take a few moments here this morning to reflect on God's Word. If you need to come, these altars are open. If I can pray with you at the point of this message, or maybe there's something else going on in your life this morning, your opportunity to respond. As we sing, take my life, let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. You come.